That was Black Man's World by Alton Ellis. I'm your host, John Tarleton, for the Independent News Hour here with Amr Gagarian. So turning to our final segment, we're going to talk about Black History Month, and in particular, two films that are going to be screened at the Maisel Documentary Center in Harlem over the next week or so. One is about uh, the poet Audre Lorde in her time in Germany, and the other is about the great writer, historian, and activist W.E.B. Du Bois, who also has some interesting ties to Germany. Uh, joining us to talk about these films is Kazimbe Balagoon. He's a project manager at the Rosa Luxemburg Stiff Tongues New York office. He's also a cultural historian, a contributing writer for The Independent, and so much more. Kazimbe, welcome back to WBAI Radio. Hey, thank you so much, Amber. Thank you so much, John, for the wonderful invitation. And let me say, please, yes, give to WBAI. I remember... Um, first listening to WBI when I was 16 years old and never turning the station. Um, you know, let's let's keep uh, that's that sliver of of four Times Square um, uh, corporate free, uh, <laughs> community based liberated zone we have in Times Square. So please let's keep it a liberated zone in Times Square. Please give the WBI. That's right. Two one two two zero nine two nine five zero. Well, uh, our our first. My, First question for you, Kazimbe, is, is can you just talk about these uh, these two films, their significance, <clears throat> why it's uh, important at this time to reflect on the life and work uh, of both Audre Lorde and W.E.B. Du Bois? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so really excited to be screening these two films at the um, uh, Maisel Sim Documentary Center, which is uh, located at 343 Malcolm X Boulevard uh, in the heart of Harlem, right on 127th Street. Uh, Malcolm X Boulevard, some people call it Lennox Avenue. Um, these, um, we're screening two films, as you mentioned, um, Audrey Lord in Berlin on February 18th, which happens to be her birthday, and also um, W.B.E.B. Du Bois, um, A Biography of Four Voices on February 23rd, which is also his birthday. Um, you, know, uh, you know, and um, these films are really significant because when I was doing this program, originally I was just thinking about the connections and ties with Germany. You mentioned the fact that I'm a project manager with the Rosa Luxemburg Stiftung New York office. We're um, a public policy-based organization affiliated with the left party of Germany um, with a strong tradition and interest in, you know, the black freedom struggle. And both Audre Lorde and W.B. Du Bois were thoroughly influenced by Germany. Um, Audre Lorde, this specific film that we're going to be screening on the 18th, is a documentation of her time um, between 1987 and 1992 when she was invited by the director, Dagmar Schultz, to speak in Germany. And she also went there to um, get healing from cancer. And what ended up happening was Audre Lorde, um, who was at that time you know, very famous for her poetry, her biographies, specifically the work called Zami, um, went to Germany, um, gave a lecture, and promptly uh, told all the white people in the lecture hall to leave. And then had a conversation with all the black women in the, in the lecture hall. Um, and that became the start of what is today and the Afro-German movement. Um, 
And, you know, and it's important to note also that at that time, the term Afro-German was not used. Um, there were hundreds of thousands of Black Germans, most of them who were um, the children of uh, American GIs and, and um, German um, citizens, um, but they had no name, no registration on the census, um, really like very little in terms of a cultural identity that was re recognized by Germany. And Audre Lorde said, this is an issue. This is a problem. How do we organize around this? And so that intervention started the Afro-German movement as we know now that has uh, sparked into the uh, initiative for, um, for Black people in Germany. So this film actually details that movement, but also Audre Lorde's development and own healing as a writer, as a, as a cultural artist. And uh, in, the, in the second film, um, certainly um, the W.B. Du Bois film, W.B. Du Bois studied in Germany. Um, he spoke German. Um, he studied under Max Weber um, at Humboldt University in um, in where that you know in uh, in Berlin and his his study of sociology um, ended up leading him to write to, that seminal Philadelphia Negro um, so very much influenced and obviously um, another part of it is that um, the boys attended um, meetings of the Social Democratic Party in Germany at the time and it led to his um, development as a Marxist and later on October first. 1961, um, when he joins the Communist Party of the United States, he cites uh, his visits to the Social Democratic Party in Germany as one of the reasons he becomes a communist. So both these films both have um, a lot to say in terms of the transatlantic experience, Black experience, but also how these, 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 these individuals ended up radicalizing Germany and Germany radicalizing them. Now we're going to hear from both of these figures. First, from Audre Lorde about being a Black lesbian in the 50s and the W.B. Du Bois speaking in 1960 in an address to the Wisconsin Socialist Club in Madison. And, and this speech was given in 1960 when he was 92 years old, just months before his removal to Africa, where he died in Ghana in 1963. Now we're going to these clips. First, Audre Lorde, then W.B. Du Bois. ran with, we knew we were outsiders. We knew we were outside the pale. We lived in the village. We were outsiders. We were dykes, right? A lot of us were artists. We hated typing, right? We didn't want straight jobs. Whatever we did, we were at the fringe. Now, this, of course, was the 50s. It was like the, um, the gay girl's version of the beatniks. The extraordinary uprising of the students all over the South and beginning in the North shows an awareness of our situation which is most encouraging. But it still does not reach the center of the problem. And that center is not simply the right of Americans to spend their money as they wish and according to law, but the chance for American Negroes to have money to spend because of employment by which they can make a decent wage. What then is the next step? It is for American Negroes in increasing numbers and more and more widely to insist upon the legal rights which are already theirs and then to add to that increasingly a socialistic form of government an insistence upon the welfare state which denies the further carrying on of industry 
for the profit of those corporations which monopolize wealth and power. The stopping of a government of wealth, for wealth and for wealth, and the returning of governmental power to the individual voter. Your reaction? You know, I think that, you know, both of those uh, clips really kind of interjoin with each other because when Audre Lorde talks about being a part of the fringe, I mean, she's talking about being a part of a girl gang, a lesbian in the 1950s during the time of the McCarthy era, um, at, at a time when W.B. Du Bois himself, who was actually a resident of Brooklyn, was arrested for being a member of the Peace Information Center, um, which was suspected to be under communist influence. Um, and so that specter of both um, anti-communism and anti-gay LGBT thought was was something that permeated through Black life in the 1950s and 1960s. And so in a lot of ways, both the boys and, and, and Lord share that in common. Um, but they also share something in common, too, is that the consistent art of the invention. Um, you know, like, you know, that speech that the boys gives, he, like you mentioned, he's 92 years old, and he's 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 still radicalizing himself, you know, um, and he's speaking at the time of, 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 of pan-Africanism and, and the meeting of communism. I mean, you know, the time that he gave that speech, um, you know, um, Max Roach, um, Abby Lincoln, and um, Rosa Guy and, uh, are protesting on the floor of the United Nations um, against the assassination of Patricia Lumumba. At the time he gave that speech, John Coltrane produces his great classic, um, uh, the Africa Brass album. Um, at that time, uh, Max Roach produces Percussion Bittersweet. Um, you know, so all this, like, ideas around Blackness and Pan-Africanism and international consciousness is permeating also in terms of the boys to the point where um, on April 1st, 1961, um, he, he joins the Communist Party. And in April 2, 1961, he flies to Ghana, and becomes a citizen and renounces U.S. citizenship and begins to build an encyclopedia Africana. Um, similarly, Audrey Lord ends up in Germany and, like as I mentioned before, forming a, 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 a no, um, building the seeds of the Afro-German protest movement that was very much influenced by the Black protest movement in the United States. And so you see both these people, both both in that context of local localization of understanding their particular local context but also going going much more international. And I think that, you know, it's important to understand this history. Um, this is this is history that 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 you know that shakes the foundation of what we know about America. Um, it shakes the foundation of what we know about ourselves. Um, but also it's very expansive in terms of what we know about black history. And um I think that, you know, we're we're really lucky to have these ancestors uh, you know, uh paved the way for us in these conversations. Right. And uh, it, it, speaking of, of black history, uh, one of uh, Du Bois' uh, seminal works, of course, was Black Reconstruction, which was uh, published in 1935. Uh, can you talk about the significance of that book and, and the breakthroughs he made uh, with that book and also uh, why it's uh, so relevant today when we uh, face a, another uh, white nationalist uh, backlash, like similar to the one that ultimately doomed uh, Reconstruction in the 1870s. 
Absolutely. I mean, you know, I want to just, like, you know, say, um, repeat a quote that Martin Luther King that said about Du Bois, that Du Bois was a genius who, cho- who chose to be a communist. And Du Bois was a genius. You know, he wrote novels, he wrote plays, he wrote poetry. Um, one of his seminal works is The Souls of Black Folk, which is like, you know, one of the most intense personal uh, explorations of Black life ever written in the 20th century. He has that famous line, the 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 um problem of the twenty century is a problem of the color line. Uh, I think we've uh, briefly lost Kazimbe here. Kazimbe, are you coming back? So we we had Kazimbe on the line and we lost him in mid sentence. Uh, Kazimbe was talking about the uh, monumental intellectual contributions of W. E. B. Uh, du Bois, uh, throughout his uh, long and very productive life. Um, uh, so we're going to try to we're, try, we're going to hope uh, Kazimbe uh, can rejoin us uh, shortly. Um, uh, Kazimbe, you know, uh, yeah, please come back if you can. Um, you know, Amma, just, uh, you know, listening to uh, Kazimbe talk about it, Audrey Lord and, and uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, it's really been fascinating. And I, I think uh, Kazimbe is about to rejoin us. Uh, Kazimbe, like are you there? Oh. Hey, uh, Kazimbe, uh, you just need to unmute yourself. But we can't hear you, but it doesn't look. I don't think you're muted, though. Okay, we've got Kazimbe back on the line, but Kazimbe, you've got to. Uh, uh, we're not getting your voice. In. You just need to unmute yourself. Kazembe? Hello. Hey, Hello. welcome back. Hey, hey, how you doing? I'm sorry about that. So, oh, yeah, welcome back from exile. Exactly. I just thought to talk about I just talk about Du Bois and then everyone shuts down. But let me just say really <laughs> about, 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 about Black Reconstruction and get to my point is that, you know, Black Reconstruction was a revisionist text. Um, it was a text that was written against the the, 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 the history that was created by white Southerners upon the defeat of the movement of Black Reconstruction. After the Civil War, um, Black people were elected to local office. Um, there were freemen banks established. There were public schools established that served both Blacks and whites. Um, there was suffrage given to white farmers as well as Black people. And this was something that was rejected by the ruling class. And not only were they rejected by the ruling class, but in, in its place, there was a history that was put in place to justify the re-enslavement of Black people. Um, there was a history, you know, many of the Confederate statues that have been taken down now were placed after Reconstruction, right, as a eternal reminder of the, the power of the South. And so in so 1935, the boys developed as Black Reconstruction to act as a kind of like uh, – an intervention of, of sorts of the historical record, both in terms of the history of Black people shaping this country through their labor, but also as a, as as a subconscious working class that um, ultimately um, created um, the first seeds of democracy in this country, which was Reconstruction, you know, which was going towards universal suffrage, going towards economic justice, and going towards just land redistribution. Um, these are all themes that, that have continued to come up the next 100 years. So, the, so 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, we have Martin Luther King and the March of Washington saying, um, we've come to cast a check. You know, and that, and that check was 
the promise of jobs and universal suffrage, right? Now, 50 years after, or 60 years, close to 60 years after the March of Washington, we're, we're in a period of another reconstruction, you know what I'm saying? Um, de demanding the defense of, of voting rights, demanding the defense of full unemployment or the guaranteed income, the demand for free health care. These are all things that I think that are part of a common vision of what, uh, what citizenship means in this country. And they all laid, laid, laid its, its, its seeds within Reconstruction. And I think that, you know, this is what, um, what Du Bois has to offer. But this also what is really driving this conversation right now in terms of history of this country, because there's two different versions of history that's going on right now. There's a white supremacist of advantage history on the one hand, and then there's, there's, a, there's an other part of the history that's more connected towards a historical reckoning and I want to heal and deal with the, 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 the actual issues of racial injustice, black oppression, oppression of women, oppression of LGBT communities, and really redefine what citizenship looks like. And I think that's a project that Du Bois was, was thoroughly a part of in his intellectual life. And, and just to note real quickly, uh, during Reconstruction, uh, it was not only huge advances for blacks in the South, but you, you had public schools for the first time that also benefited poor whites. Uh, poor whites, in many cases, gained voting rights for the first time as well. So uh, a pattern throughout American history when black liberation advances, other groups of uh, disenfranchised people advance as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like this is like this is this is this is this is this is part of the conversation about what a multiracial democracy looks like. Right. And so oftentimes, um, you know, when we have these conversations around citizenship, it's not just about the voting, but it's about all the other things that go along with it. It's about the access to education, which the boys and both the boys and Audrey Lord were very much into. They were, they were, they were like extremely erudite. Um, Audrey Lord spoke German. Uh, W.B. Du Bois spoke German. Uh, Audrey Lord studied German at Hunter College. She was a beneficiary of a free education at Hunter College. Um, along with Ruby D and uh, Bella Abzug and uh, other people. So, yeah, I mean, so education is a very important uh, concept that comes up in both their lives. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, just to, to uh, bring it back to um, uh, the, the films that are going to be screening, uh, can you just uh, fill us in again one more time on, on when and where? These films yeah, absolutely. Gonna be... It's going to be at the Mazelson Documentary Center in the, in the heart of Harlem, 127th Street, Malcolm X Boulevard, 343 Malcolm X Boulevard. Um, the, the, both the, the, the boys screening on February 18th, I mean, excuse me, the Alger Lord screening on February 18th and the boys screening on, on February 23rd are free and open to the public. Um, and, what time? Um, and, um, they're both going to be at 7.30 on February 18th. Um, We'll actually be having a reception at six thirty. Some 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 food, some drinks, some Friday night get together. I mean, like you know, in Audrey Lord's autobiography, she cites that you know, anytime she went to a party, she wanted to have food. So I want to honor her by making sure that people eat. But certainly come through. Um, both screens at seven thirty. Both screens are free. Um, they are asking for um, some proof of vaccination and masking um, during the course of the uh, screenings. 
but um but certainly come together i mean i think that is a great opportunity for us to come together under you know in these dark times to feel the hurt and the fire of our ancestors our heroes uh and learn from each other and learn from the the, the past that's laid going towards the spring so we're fortified for, for the for the work ahead so so um, i'm sure yep. they come up that's I, I agree Thank, uh, thank you so much, Kazimbe Balagivin, Project Manager, Rosa de Luxembourg, Stiftung, Cultural Historian, Contributing Writer for The Independent. Thank you so much for joining us this evening on WBAI Radio. Shout out to Reggie. I love you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you to our to our sound engineer, Reggie Johnson. We're going to leave you all with Gorilla by the Midnight Band. And yes, that's Gil Scott Heron's voice you're going to hear. Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm in Lincoln, my, the 